It's Palm Sunday. The events of Palm Sunday are recorded in every gospel. I would invite you to look at all the recordings of Palm Sunday and then read a chapter or two before and you get this picture. I think it's Mark who says something like this. He was going on the way. He was on his way to Jerusalem, others say. He was heading to a specific place. It's Palm Sunday. And today, these are the words of the Lord from Matthew chapter 21. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage of the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a coat the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds went ahead of him and and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. And they asked, who is this? Who is this? Who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Make no mistake about it. God is launching an offensive. The march of triumph begins at the Mount of Olives. The prophets of old identified this as where God would begin the final battle to inaugurate the new creation. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 4. And so now, The battle begins. But is it a battle for the political, military, and social power that is coveted by so many then and today? Or is it a battle for the most contested geography in all the world? The geography of the heart. Your heart. My heart. Our hearts. Well, I'll let you decide that. Lord, open up our hearts, we pray, to your word today on this Palm Sunday. Amen. Who is this? Who is this? That's the question each and every Palm Sunday asks us. 
It started with this first one. The disciples and Jesus are trekking to Jerusalem. And as they do, with the crowd growing, it starts on the outskirts of town. It it really actually starts about 30 minutes away in Bethany on a walk and eventually is just a couple miles out at the base of the Mount of Olives. I imagine the group started small. It was Jesus and his disciples, a, a few others, I imagine. But this is Passover. This is Passover. And as as James referred to, some scholars suggest that up to half a million people are filling Jerusalem right now in this context. Maybe a few friends of the disciples straggled along, started to join them. Others joined. People running ahead. Hey, hey, you need to come. They were grabbing some people maybe out of their house. Hey, come on, come on. Forget about that. Come, you got to. And then that was all merging with these pilgrims who were coming in for Passover. And by the time we get to this scene that unfolds in Matthew 21, I want you to imagine yourself there. Just be there. You, you, you just sang Hosanna, but now I want you to imagine there, shoulder to shoulder. You can, you, can, you can smell the breath of the person next to you screaming Hosanna. You're shoulder to shoulder. The crowd is pressing in. And that's where you are this morning, and that's where I am this morning. Place yourself there. Be one of those people who was dragged out of your house reluctantly to be part of a prophetic procession. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the text says, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? It's an honest Palm Sunday question. It's an honest question every day. It's an honest question for those in the crowd that day and for us in the sanctuary this day. Who is this? But this question is problematic. It creates a conundrum every Sunday before Easter. Often we break out the palm-waving texts, and we should. And we declare our praise of Jesus, and we should. But who is this? One defining act provides a defining answer. In verse 5 it says, Say to daughter Zion, See your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a donkey. Just that act says so much. It's the fulfillment of these words that are drawn out of Israel's prophetic tradition in Zechariah 9.9. They were reserved for one and only one. They were reserved for the Messiah King. And then the words that are reserved for the one and only one again, the one and only Messiah King, the words that actually we are most comfortable with on Palm Sunday. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Those first words were fulfilled from the prophetic tradition. These words are fulfilled from the worshiping tradition of Psalm 118. Drawn directly from there, reserved for the one and the only one, Messiah the King. And everyone, everyone witnessing this at that point, in some form or fashion, they they get it. They're, They're trying to make the connections. They knew what this meant. And yet, 
Who is this? This is the one and the only one who can save. That word Hosanna that we sing as a, as a, as a word of praise, rightfully so, actually literally means this. We plead with you to save us. Yes, this is the one, the one most worthy of praise, theirs and ours. This is the one who comes to save us from ourselves. This is the one who comes to save the world. This is the one of whom later it was said this. Salvation can be found in no one else. Throughout the whole world, no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved but the name Jesus. And on our best days, on our best days, this is the one we sing about and we praise and we worship and our voices join the exuberance of the crowd and we get caught up in the fanfare and we get caught up in the emotion and we say, Hosanna, as we should. But that question still lingers. Who is this? As I said, this is this question that presents a conundrum the Sunday before Easter because rightfully so, wave the palms and shout the hosannas, declare our praise with every fiber of our being. But today is not only Palm Sunday. There's another name given to this day. It is also named Passion Sunday. Not for the passion of worship, though that would be true, but for the passion of suffering. Specifically, the suffering of Christ. So it's also a day to remember that somehow, in ways we don't understand, this question lingered in the air, and the question is asked in the shadow of what's coming The question is asked in the shadow of two trials of Jesus, unjust trials, the merciless beating, the public dishonoring, the humiliation and dehumanizing along the Via Della Rosa, and the finality of crucifixion. So who is this? One day, he is the one of whom they say, Hosanna! And just a few days later, he is the one of whom they say, he is worthy of death. Yes, a a crowd later in the week, just as animated, just as passionate, with a fanfare of a different tone. He is the one of whom that crowd now says, crucify him. What a difference a few days make in answering that question. Both crowds got it wrong. The first shouted Hosanna from a mistaken nationalistic concept of salvation. The second crowd also had a faulty understanding of Messiah when he did not fit that bill. And we see the danger of misplaced passion when it comes to Jesus and his kingdom. My friends, be careful of misplaced religious passion. I was in a conversation yesterday with an attorney friend of mine. 
And they said they are fearful that politics has become our religion. Be careful of misplaced religious passion. See, because both these crowds, the crowd that's like pouring out praise on him and the crowd that's pouring venom on him got it wrong. They failed to see one thing. They failed to remember the lesson of the donkey. It's not the first time a donkey has taught people something. The donkey mixed with palms. Yes, this is the king. But you see, they expected earthly triumphalism where power and wealth and influence drove the agenda. Some of the same expectations of God we find today. They shouted, God, save us. But what they meant was, God, fight for us. Fight for our agenda. Fight for our way. Fight for how we want it to be. And when people thought that Jesus was the warrior king, they rode the populist wave right into Jerusalem. But then when they saw this weak Jesus before Pilate, and now he's facing down the ways of worldly leadership and the structures of power that leave the least behind. When he failed to deliver on their expectations, they then sided with the current power brokers. And they go from Hosanna to crucify him. Messiah one day, menace the next day. So no wonder we read these words in the gospel account we read today. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. That word stirred literally means the idea of an earthquake. Shaken to its foundation. Here's what's interesting. That's the exact same word that's used in Mark's gospel to describe what happens in Pilate's court when the religious leaders are shaking up the crowd. Watch out for misplaced religious passion. We wave palms this Sunday. When you leave here today, there'll be palms. But those palms can be thin veils to what's lurking in the shadows. The unfathomable and excruciating cross. Perhaps some worshipers later in the week demanded blood, the blood of Jesus. We don't know. Really two different crowds, but my guess is there was some bleed over. The crowd in Jerusalem seems so fickle. The crowd in my heart seems so fickle. Some days. What about yours? So what does this say at the start of this week that we call holy? Well, a few weeks ago, we sat with Jesus at the well in Samaria, and we watched as he opened up the river of living water in the turbulent life of a woman. You may recall that in doing so, he gave her 
a key to a life as a true follower, as a real disciple, as someone who really is going to be a follower of Jesus, as a true worshiper, whose hosannas are not bound by worldly allegiance, whose hosannas are not bound by circumstances or time. This is what he said to her. True worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. The Father looks for those who will worship him this way. And that's where we land on this Palm Sunday. How easy it is to move from worshiping God to cursing him. To move from praising him to blaming him. To move from adoring him for our own benefit and purpose to denying and abandoning him. So I tell myself, Jeff, be careful not to be too critical of the crowd. Because the crowd does, ju- does not just represent some misguided religious people in another day who wanted to use Messiah, Savior, for their own purposes. We are the crowd. We are the crowd on the road that sings the highest praise, Hosanna. And we are the crowd that shouts in Pilate's court the most cutting curses, crucify him. We are the crowd. Something I read this week is worth thinking here. Fleming Rutledge, in her little book on the seven last statements of Jesus, writes these words. We are so accustomed to seeing crosses wearing them on chains. It is impossible to grasp their original horror. We are accustomed to thinking of the cross merely as a religious symbol. Yet at the most fundamental level, the cross is in no way religious. The cross in reality is, by a very long way, the most irreligious, unspiritual object ever to find its way into the heart of faith. Wearing a cross around our neck is like wearing an electric chair. Because that's what it was. And yes, it's what he did with it that makes it different, transforms it. But let's not let it veil what it was really about. Crucify him, they said. So who is this to me? We all have to ask that question. Who is this? On this Palm Sunday morning, riding towards me, I'm in the crowd. The crowd's getting more exuberant. The hosannas are getting louder. Who? Here he comes. Who is this to me? My friends, let us not allow the palms to be a thin veil over anything in our hearts that lurks in the dark. Anything that desires God to be the God we want, made in our image, conformed to our hardened categories. Let us not let the palms veil over this idea lurking in our heart that he is the God who fights for what we want. 
the God who fights on our terms and not his terms. Stop and ask, is there anything in the geography of my heart that I'm hiding? Something that Jesus needs to save me from. The only one who can save me from it. Today's cry is appropriate. Hosanna! No, my friends, let us lose the pretense. Let us make sure our worship is not just pretense. Not just results-oriented or consumer-driven. Not just born out of our vision for how we think God should rule the world. But rather, let us adopt the same posture of the king on the donkey. The king of the universe the posture of humility and servanthood. And yes, and yes, and yes, let us shout Hosanna, a Hosanna of an honest declaration of the true meaning of the word. Let us shout right now, Lord, save us right now. I wrote that in my journal this morning. Lord, this is my prayer. Lord, save me right now. Whether you've walked with Jesus for decades or 10 minutes, save me right now. Because he saves me and he keeps saving me as I trust him. A cry out to the one, the only one who saves. And here's the good news of the gospel today. This parade is the right response to a bloody cross at this week's end. Because he is the God who came to save us. Hear that. He came to save you. He came to save me. He came to save us from our sins. He came to save us from ourselves. Let us trust this one and only one who saves. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Say it with me. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. As our worship team comes, would you pray with me? Now, Lord, we thank you today that you are the one who saves. We thank you, Lord, that you call us to let go of the pretense, let go of the facades, and you invite us to let you in to save us from that which we need to be saved from. God, speak to our hearts today. And as we simply move into this week and we behold you on the cross, may we hear the words of Palm Sunday echoing in our hearts. Oh God, save us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together.